Hey, girls and gays. Welcome back to another episode of I Said What I Said. I am your host, Mukundwa, and our co-host, Nyak, is luxuriating in the other room. So she will not be on this episode. I'm but screaming. we have... I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> she is soaking her feet. She's enjoying herself while I toil. We have the lovely Bobo joining us. Hi, Bobo. Welcome. Hello. Wow. I'm here again. You're here again. I am. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Today, so I have a, an interesting topic. Mm. I, do you remember, I feel like all our parents at some point, or at least the adults in our lives, have told us that the people who are around us are a reflection of our future. Mm. And our ambition is the sum of our friendships. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's been the messaging somewhere, somewhere down the line. And I was thinking about this and about whether a that's me, like if I want to a be like any of my friends or think that's even a if that's even the way I look at friendships. Mm. And if if you don't look at friendships that way, are you doing it wrong? If you don't have a circle that's either where you want to be in quotation marks, that's further along in whatever you're aspiring to do, be what should friendships be in the first place? What should they do for us? And does, do all our relationships have to be productive? And I just don't have the answers to that kind of thing because, yeah, I just, there's just so much to unpack. But I think what I want to know from you first is how do you curate your friendship circles and does it have anything to do with uh, assisting you on becoming the person you want to be or doing the things you want to do? That's such a good question. I love it. I think I've really outgrown that notion only because I've really deprioritized capitalism and productivity in my life. Like I don't find those two things valuable anymore. But if you had asked me five years ago, I'd have told you, yeah, no, like I can't be friends with bums. Now I love bums. Like bums are my favorite people. Yeah, but I would have told you, no, I can't be friends with bums. All my friends need to be about something. You need to be ambitious. But now I really do see ambition as a scam and as a distraction from uh -huh. like, the full spectrum of existing. So I don't... Va I do have friends that are... I will say now, I think my friends that are the most ambitious are generally... I, I'm just not as close with them anymore because oh. I also have a better understanding of what it takes to become ambitious. Yeah, and man. Yeah, like I think that's another thing that we don't talk about when we talk about being successful. We don't talk about realistically what it requires of you to be successful and like the levels of manipulation or exploitation it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person, but you have to do bad things mm. in order to achieve like critical levels of success. I'm not talking about success, like stability. I'm talking about like critical success. Yeah. Um, under, under capitalism. So I do find that there's a conflict between my values and principles and the values and principles required of someone to become successful. For example, I 
really value taking care of yourself, like putting your health first, mm-hmm. like getting eight hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Um, but you can't do that if you're grind all day Twitter, like yeah. Rock Nation brunch Twitter. You have Stop. to grind all day, <laughs> every day. Good question. You know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what, so you're saying whatever you, if people value capitalism, it would make sense mm. that they have a circle around them that can facilitate that value system. So Absolutely. Wh- yeah. then what are your value systems and do your friends nucleate around that? Like, is there any congruence between those two things for you? Yeah, I think my value systems, I think my main priority now is like community and mm. just community and pleasure and like health. Like those are my three things. Like, am I healthy? Like, am I physically healthy? Am I, do I have the time and the space to enjoy Mm. um yeah and like do I have people that I can be healthy and enjoy life with and I think if you want to be a millionaire you can't you actually can't prioritize those three things you have to prioritize productivity and all your relationships have to be transactional but that's still vague how so so when you said you prioritize community, you can find that anywhere. So still honing in more specifically, how is it that mm. your group of friends are your friends and not everyone else? What what about them has given them that privilege to be in your circle? Oh, it's just like, do I literally enjoy you? Like, okay. Do we, yeah, it's like a very hedonistic. Yeah. But of course, there's levels to it. There's like... <clears throat> So for me, there's the friends that like, I, we need to be like intellectually on the same wavelength. Like, can we talk about aliens and like outer space, but also ass eating? Like, can we enjoy each other's presence? Can we just... Another thing that I've also noticed is that I don't like talking about careers. Oh. Um, I can't be friends with people who like, their first question is, oh, so what do you do? I yeah, I ju- not because it makes you bad, it just makes you boring. I just think you're just <laughs> a less interesting person. <laughs> if, see, I yeah. actually love that question. Really? I can Please see explain. why. Okay, after we Bobo hosted or was hosted and was uh kind of a a co-host yeah. on a really cool Zoom chat and this point came up that Asking people what they do is a way to place them on a food chain to know how to treat them, which is absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm also just interested in, in the assumptions that, that give me a jumping, a point to, to reference you and have assumptions even about you Mm -hmm. that you can then disprove. I need, I can't. Having a blank canvas is like difficult. It's rather better. I prefer to lead with a set of assumptions or a set of um, inferences and then use those as how I kind of engage with you. Whatever you answer me, that kind of my next questions in my head are, I'm curious to see how willing you are to suffer for money so if you say you're an investment banker that's a curious decision like that's you've really chosen to suffer 
Um, but maybe you don't see it that way. Like, why would you pick that kind of career? What's your relationship to sleep and to pleasure and to success? If you picked something with oh, your hands, you yeah, mean. you're an artist. Okay, so you're willing to you're willing to slum it out a little bit, like you're willing to be scrappy. So these are just yeah. assumptions that make it more colorful. I think it's a good question only for that reason, but I think it, I see how it does more damage than good to place mm. people based on their profession because so much of our worlds around us dictate that. I think they yeah. often have very little to do with us. It's a political question. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The question, what do you do is a political one. I think for me, well, I find, I find it, I find that question uninteresting for the reasons that you find it interesting. No, how do I frame this? I think the reasons that you find it interesting are like why I would frame the question as like, how do you spend your time or how do you want to spend your time? Uh-huh. But I can see how those two like questions that. can be synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think what do you do? is for me usually a boring question because I find careers to be boring. Like, yeah. I don't think they say much. I think most people are just forced into careers based that. off of like space and time. Like, where were you born? I don't know. I just think... I agree. I do. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like the careers that you fall into are mostly just so arbitrary that really, what do they say about... Like, you're an accountant because... Yeah. You were born in the West and like that's what people think is a prestigious job and your family could afford uni. Like yeah. and you were good at math, so you just became you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. not Wait, let's recommend then recommend a question because I think the problem with that question is as much as what yeah. we do takes up most of our time in life, it's not what we hold at the center of our lives in terms of importance yeah. or interest. Yeah. So what question can we I'm about to start dating online. And oh, I want, yeah. I'm ready. I, what question can you replace with what do you do? That's a good question. I think, how would you ideally spend your time if my, if, if money was not an object? I hate that question. Really? <laughs> Why? Because, okay, every time I ask people that. Yeah. It's just such a fantastical answer. And often the thing itself isn't that extreme anyway. It's something that was within their reach. So what would you do if you didn't have to work? I'd paint all day. Okay, but have you painted for even 30 minutes in the past five years? <laughs> no. So then... So clearly that's not what you would do. Yeah. Not really. And that's not a problem, but it's it doesn't give me much insight into the person besides the fact that you've not even tried to action what you really want. And that makes me... Concerned. <laughs> like, that doesn't make me want to know. You know, I, it's that's a red not a red flag that's a pinkish flag yeah no it is a it is actually a red flag um yeah that's a good question i really don't know i think the question that flex had come up with also the what do you wish people talked more about and what do you wish people oh, talk less about i think that's is that on really is that reflex question i think so oh that's beautiful yeah, that's... like I think that's also such a good question. But I think generally, like, if I'm meeting people for the first time, I just like to ask them, like, what's been on your mind? Like, what's occupying I love that one. Yeah, I do. Right? What's been on your yeah. mind? Like, the past 48 Ooh. hours. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about how I'm literally going to jump off a cliff uh -huh. when quarantine season is over. 
Oh, because it's because literally been your moment. <laughs> yeah, like, I blossom, really guys. thrived. <laughs> no, like, I really thrived during, and I know it's a privilege, Oh, but in some ways it's also not because it just shows how incompatible I am with our current mode of existence. But I've thrived so much during caps during quarantine season that when I think about the fact that it's going to end and realistically things will go back to normal, mm. like we'll still go back to being capitalism slaves, you know, fascism will still be on the rise and, and, and. It just makes me want to jump out the window, you know? Yeah, I do What's know. What's been on your mind? A few things. Mm. Um, I listened to a podcast. So I struggle to find a podcast that I can consistently listen to beyond an episode. Same, so hey? yeah, I just don't do that anymore. I don't even try. It's like unrealistic. So I, I whatever I'm curious about, I just search in Spotify and I find so I found this podcast about porn addiction and about how, just how much porn shapes our lives. So I've been thinking about that a lot, about a life, a world without pornography mm. and just what that would mean for like the ways, for everything. Oh, I think that would be so healthy. I think so. Yeah, I really do think porn has really shaped the way men engage with women. Like, I think porn is why, is to a large extent why men view us as objects to be looked at mm. and, like, played with, as opposed to just, like, three-dimensional human beings. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's this yeah. obsession with of that men have, cis men have with looking at women instead of engaging us. I think that has a lot to do with porn. And there's also just a level of laziness in our imaginations with sex. Um, yeah. And with just anything sexuality. Because I think porn's become a shorthand where a lot of the time, perhaps younger men engage in sex. They they recreate what they see in porn. And if mm. they hadn't seen porn, it would have had to be a discussion. Or it would have yeah. had to be yeah. an explorative gesture rather than yeah. I'm just pulling your hair. I'm just putting you in this position. And... That happens a lot, much more than I imagined. Yeah. And that was interesting. So I've been thinking about that. Um, I've also, also been thinking... Like how much of porn is just rape? Like, have you ever just oh, watched a porn and you're just like, it's no, it's literal rape. rape, like, yeah. There are times I'm like, can nobody see... Is anyone else on set? Literally. Like, this person's getting raped. And I think it's yeah. really normalized sexual violence. Facts. And I... It only occurred to me recently that porn seems to be a dumping ground for all the violent, aggressive, um, misogynistic fetishes men have mm. are just dumped into porn content. And so a stepdad will go and manipulate their stepdaughter into having sex. What kind of, I mean, what is that? Like yeah. in what, in what world? And it's like, well, in a man's world. And they yeah. put that content out there and there's no disclaimer or explanation. And then we also don't have any sex education. So kids go there um, to learn what's up. And it's yeah. it just it's so interesting how sex bleeds into everything we do anyways. And so therefore porn does. Literally. It's a mad thing. No, porn literally dictates like gender dynamics. It's mad. You know? And 
it just also makes me think about how like me relating with my partners we just can't how do you even do that in a world post porn like it's just it feels like when you meet a person you have to undo a lot of your you have to undo theirs yours and yours collectively um Mm. a lot of the assumptions of your sexuality because of pornography yeah yeah like i don't even know what like how do you even know what you like if you've watched porn how do you even know if what you like is what you like because you've seen women perform like this do you know Mm. what i mean so it's a lot of unlearning so that's been quite interesting um so you see if you ask someone this on a date like it's already it's already a discussion that's more interesting than like yeah i'm an accountant yeah that is so much more interesting so I was also listening, Nunu sent me this link about compatibility and compatibility apparently is along the lines of sexual compatibility, um, physical, just meaning or intimate compatibility, intellectual, mm. and there's another one. And it's interesting because they were saying one of the signs of a lack of intellectual compatibility is if, have you ever been on a date or been with a person who says like, why do you think so much? Why do you care? Like, why do you... Oh, my God. And oh, my God. Don't get me started. Do you, it's so... Tr- I was so triggered. I thought, this is... Yeah. I never considered that it could be a lack of compatibility. I always thought, oh, maybe they're right. Like, maybe I just... Wow. Overcomplicate no, things. No, to me, it's a red... Crimson red flag. Like, I was on a date once, and this guy just kept his response. I wasn't even saying anything... Like astronomical, like literally just banter. And he's and he'd just be like, Wow, that's so deep. No, that's and I was just like, This is a red flag. Like you clearly spend zero time thinking about anything. Yeah. So even the most banal thoughts to you are deep. Red flag. Red flag. But what about I mean, it also made me think of compatibility with friendships. So like mm. it hit me today that I think I love I love, there are more friends of mine that I love than that I'm compatible with. <laughs> oh, interesting. So like, what if you, you think about your friends from back in the day, wherever that is, who yeah. you haven't, the friendships you haven't formulated in the last like three years, yeah. are there some of them who, they're legacy friendships and you love them more than you know them. And so you love them more I than you're compatible you. with them. Yeah. And yeah, I just wonder like what we do with those friendships. I think if you anything. just let them wither out and die, hey? Because Is that what you do? I think that's all that can happen. Like, I also think for me, I've grown so much in the past 12 months, more than I have in the past, like, 12 years. You know mm. what I mean? So the level of growth that I've experienced just in the past couple of months, if it far exceeds the level of growth I've experienced in the past few years, I'm simply just not on the same page with, like high school friends do you know what i mean but don't you have friends who don't understand who literally just yeah and it's like you we're incompatible because you don't even understand the levels of our incompatibilities like not only are we just incompatible but you also don't understand yeah yeah our incompatibilities so how can we be compatible you know what i mean and yeah it's just a mind fuck yeah, I like guess how the you kind can... thing to do is to tell them. That, no. Like, Listen. What are you talking about? 
I don't know because then they're just left in the dark. I don't. Okay, no, I see what you. People please that. You know what I mean? Like, isn't yeah, it the no, kind of, like, it is. I think if somebody's legacy friendships, for sure, for sure. If because they're those, I feel like most legacy friendships know that they're that, and in honor, basically, of the love you had in the past, the love remains consi- like constant in the present. Mm, but this doesn't yeah. necessarily mean there's a friendship there, and that's okay. Like, there's just love there, necess- you know. But then yeah. there are those friendships where people think whatever friendship you had eight years ago, you can pick up today and you'll have the same dynamic when Mm. at least you're a different person. And I think that's when a conversation might be kind, but I've had a conversation with one of my friends across literally three years about how we're not compatible and they've just insisted. And so, yeah, it's quite interesting, but I've come to understand it's not about me at all. I think as much as they think it's about me and our friendship if I've told you across three whole years, it's clearly not about mm. me. It's the symbol of me. And you can have that. Like, I, I don't have to. There's only That's so much so I can do. Yeah. Like, why should I interrupt that fantasy if I've already done so for three years and it's still not clicking? Then you're clearly fine with what it is. And I just. Well, okay. Question for you. To what extent do you feel you need to be compatible with your friends in order for it to be a really like pleasurable enjoyable stimulating friendship it's interesting well i honestly don't think i'm compatible with that many of mine i think Mm. what makes someone a friend to like why is someone your friend Okay, so there's the what I think I there's what I th- how I think I run my friendships and how I think I I um start them versus what actually happens. So let's do what actually happens with friendship is for me okay. you have a shared experience like you go to university together, you experience something for years together, you go through um shared you have shared histories that bond you because they're situational. And then I move country, which I always do, or city. And the love I have for those people that that have come from the circumstance we've had is what um, is what that friendship is. And so for mm. me, what makes a friendship? It's kind of companion. It's just companionship. It's just company. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. I used to really want just more for my friendships. I think there's a, a syndrome of like thinking everybody's having deeper and richer and fuller and more friendships than you are because of how they're physically pictured online. But I think this is what friendship looks like is that you don't have to, it's quite physically impossible for me to give everything to every single person I love and know. But every three years when I want to speak to you, we speak and we have a good time. And like, what's friendship besides company essentially? Like I, I have to be here for another 70 years and it's just company. Nothing more, nothing less. You just give me your company. That's actually so profound. Do you have expectations of like loyalty or support or trust, compassion? (laughs) Yeah, or even like ambition. Those are interesting. Let's go through all of those layers. Like let's start with loyalty. Do Do your friends have to have loyalty to you or to your friendship what's lo- what is loyalty what does that mean i guess it's just an allegiance to it's just like i have your back through your thick back. and thin and i don't know what oh. i don't understand i don't agree with through thick and thin i think oh. we should all have standards let's say 
you and I and someone else are friends. Let me Google this. I don't like Google definitions, though, because they're just some definition written by some white man. You know what I mean? Like, who are you to tell me what anything is? This is so oh, okay, but let's okay. It's what you said: giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance. Yeah. That's weird, though, because what men consider loyalty is when their friends rape someone. <laughs> is not to talk about it. So I, that's weird. But yeah, that's why I say to me, I don't agree that loyalty is through thick and thin because I think even loyalty should have its boundaries. And but I think no, I'm not loyal. I'm reasonable. No, I think, I think you are quite loyal. But I think <laughs> no, you're loyal yeah. because, no, I think you're loyal because you hold your friends accountable. Oh, that's a nice definition. Okay, so loyalty yeah. for women, we will make that loyalty is holding your friends accountable. <laughs> like, no, but I actually, it's funny. I learned this from my boyfriend because he has such standards for his friendships. Uh huh. So he's recently broken up with one of his friends because he felt that his friend was being shitty to people. He just mm. felt like you really are manipulating people for your own gain. Like, yeah, you're still great to me. You're still really lovely to me, but I don't mm. like the way the person you're becoming and I have to break up. I have to, yeah, I have to destroy this French. And I think that is loyalty. Like, like I'm holding you accountable you know what I mean? Oh, like I see. You're becoming a shitty person. You are manipulating people. You're exploiting people. Yeah. Okay. And I loyalty. want no part to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. I see that loyalty and integrity for me then are quite similar. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So I think. But you're right in that most men, for most men, loyalty is. A silence. Allegiance through, through thick and thin. I think. Yeah. For most men, loyalty and patriotism is the same. I don't believe in patriotism. I think it's unethical. So. Yeah, shame. There is like a, a fear of abandonment. It is this thing of for men, there's a, okay, this is such a generalization. I was listening to a podcast. When I listen yeah. to male podcasts that talk about women and say women this, women that, I literally feel like Scream. smashing tables. Yeah. So I have to really try not do that myself. I've seen that some men um really value the idea of their friends never leaving their side like there's a big fear mm. of losing a, a friendship yeah and that's what they consider loyal as regardless of what i do even when i'm cruel to people even when i'm rude even when i'm mean even when i'm abusive i'm still so terrified of being left alone so you i, I need you to stay by my side and mm. i wonder why that is but I don't know. I just don't have the same fear of being alone. Um, hmm. I think it is fear of abandonment. I think it's also like snitching culture. What's what's the big deal about snitching? I'm a really big fan. I understand it in the black community because I think historically it's a way to protect each other. Like because you know that white people and the cops are out to get you always. Yeah. Yeah the only way to protect yourself and your community is to not snitch. You know what I mean? Like, is to know that... I understand, I understand it in the context of blackness because if the entire world is against you and is trying to kill you at all times, then why would Man. you ever snitch on anyone? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand. I think it just made it so complicated when that was the narrative. But then black leaders who were harassing and raping people, it was like, mm. well, what are you putting first, your body or the movement? And unfortunately, what's so overwhelming about black liberation is that it has to come with all liberation. Is that black liberation is is female is queer femme female liberation is um, different able bodied liberation. So it all has to come in one because we're all oppressed at all these different levels. But that's so overwhelming. So when black right. people want liberation, they're not thinking about all those intersections until it happens yeah. to you. Yeah, and then what? Um, and that's it. I think that seems like an unfair burden. Like why, when it comes to our liberation, we have to liberate everyone, but it's like, well, because we are everyone as well. Yeah. No, literally. But that's, yeah, I can see the frustration. Like I can see why Snoop Dogg with his level of consciousness and who else Snoop Dogg. And there's this other man, um, the loud man, what's his name? Anyway, everyone who was angry with Gail King and who believes that the media is trying to like, why should it's not fair that black rapists are called out? Like, that's not fair. We should also be able to rape as much as white people. Like, yeah, I, I really do understand their frustration. But at I their think level that's because we all exist on this flawed premise of f- what freedom is. Like people think they want to be free when really they just want access to yeah. privilege. Like Mood. <laughs> you don't want to be free. You also want to oppress like the person who oppressed you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone operates off of that definition of freedom, which also intersects with our definition of loyalty and what it means to be supportive. It's very interesting. And it's mad. Yeah. It's wild, hey? But it's also why, I don't know, everything just is so interconnected. Like, no one can be free under capitalism because capitalism is inherently oppressive, which also means there's no such thing as loyalty under capitalism. There's no such thing as, like, none of these things. It's a lot. Can exist. When you start pulling at one string, Bobo. Like, when you start pulling at one. So, which is what I mean. Yeah. Do you think, actually, no, that's too, that's a bit controversial. No, no, no. Anna. Ask it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Black capitalism. The a reason scam. I ask, okay, so the reason a sham. I, I'm so dead, <laughs> she's done with it. <laughs> so the reason I ask about friends who, the thing we've all been told that your friendship circles reflect your future. If you look to your left and to your right, look at your friends. That's what you become. You're the sum of your community and yeah. these, um, yeah, like tidal brunches and Diddy and his group and how they're all, I guess he surrounded himself with like-minded people, which psychopaths. Ooh. No, let's no, let's say it with our full chest. <laughs> to be successful, to be yes. to reach critical success under capitalism, you have to be a psychopath. You really or you have to align yourself with psychopathic behavior. Like yeah. let's be honest. You, you don't do. become Jeff Bezos because you worked hard. You become Jeff Bezos because you were willing to pay someone slave wages to your benefit. You were willing to enslave masses and masses of people for your benefit so if you also want to be successful you have to be willing to do that too like are you willing are you ready what are you willing to do rihanna said it rihanna said what are you willing to do (laughs) our favorite philosopher literally so when it comes i was watching the kevin hart documentary 
And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I just find it so interesting. Um, he works like a dog. He sleeps for two hours. He works, you know, morning to night. And his wife was saying, I actually don't need us to have more millions. I just want him at home with his babies and me. I just want to see more of my husband. Like it's counter. What's the point? Why work so hard if when you work so hard, you work so hard, so you can't even enjoy the working so hard. Yeah. So he was saying, no, I I love you, but I'm not going to listen because I need to provide for my family and that's what drives me yeah but what do you think about situations like that where what drew him to her was his work ethic and now that's the very thing Esther Perel had a thing about that that what what draws you to your partner at the beginning is the exact same thing that causes conflict during your relationship yeah yes and no I think (laughs) I think that success is all smoke and mirrors and Something that like hypergamy Twitter doesn't talk about is <laughs> hypergamy Twitter is all day. It's every day on Twitter. Don't date broke niggas. Only I want to see how hypergamy Twitter ages. Like in ten no, years, but that's the thing. I want to see. But hypergamy Twitter has no nuance because while they talk about you must only go for your millionaires, they don't talk about what is required to be a millionaire. Yeah, and they also don't talk about the smoke and mirrors of success. Like what people think success is is not what success is at all. So. People romanticize capitalism and people glamorize it. So you think that when you have more money, you have more time and you have more freedom. But no, the more money you have, the less time you have and the less freedom you have. Because that is capitalism. The more money you have, the more work you have to put in to maintain or to grow that money. So clearly the less time you have. You also have less mental space to be doing anything else because more money, more problems. Like you now have (laughs) whatever problems you had, you multiply by the amount of money that you now have. Like people don't understand the extent to which capitalism and like our ideas of success are actually all just smoke and mirrors. So what they're pursuing is a symbol of happiness. They're not pursuing success. So like when hypergamy Twitter is pursuing like your millionaire man. Yeah. What they're pursuing is just a symbol of freedom, but they're not pursuing freedom in and of itself because freedom is to be free from the desire to be a capitalist. Freedom isn't succeeding in capitalism. But don't you reckon everyone should do? Like you should do it and then know that that's not what it is. Oh, no, no, not even. I think people, we should all really play our role and play it well. Like Kevin Hart should keep striving because if he thinks that whatever you think gives you pleasure, I feel like that's satisfying the need you have to believe there is something outside of you that gives you pleasure in the first place. Mm. So if you think it gives you pleasure, then it's important to pursue it. Until... I just think how many... How mm-hmm. much longer do we, are we all, I just think no one is special, right? Like uh-huh. yeah. we've seen millions and millions of people achieve success and still not be happy and still be suicidal and still But not if that doesn't click, Bobo, still... if this isn't clicking to these but, people, fam, then let much... them pursue. <laughs> like if it's still not clicking, then that's clearly your lane. Like but let's I not mix lanes like... here. The literal definition of insanity 
is to keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Like, why would you be the exception to the rule? Everyone who has you should interview. Oh my god, pursue. But but please yeah. go right now to Wall Street. Just go interview people and ask them why they think they're the exception to the rule. That's no, a great like, question. Yeah, it's like, but it's also the same thing as like, why does every nigga who defends billionaires on Twitter, why do you think you're going to be? But no, you're not. I think we'd save so many people so much time. I think we could literally dismantle capitalism. If, if I could knock on everyone's door and be like, listen, you're never going to be a billionaire. By the time you're 80 years old, you're, you're going to have $20 in your bank account. You will never succeed in your pursuit to be a capitalist. You don't have the range. You don't have it in you. Like, life would be... We could dismantle capitalism tomorrow. But everyone thinks that they are the exception to... No, I'm yeah. going to be the one to... No, you're not. But I you're think not, that's hey? important, though. I really do believe in the value of illusion. No, delusion. And... Mm life's to be lived and time's ticking so fill it up with either being a capitalist or don't but do it well like whichever you want you want to do you should just really believe and dive into your belief system like you're doing with yours the wall street hoes should do it with theirs like i just do think i don't know Mm. but don't you think we're also wasting time with that like you've seen 10 people become millionaires Mm. and just be more miserable and just have more problems. Like, Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Like, why would you be the... Ex- it's like yeah. people who pursue absolute power. Like, every dictator has become a tyrant. Like, why would you be the exception? Like, why would you be any yeah. different from Hitler or Trump? Yeah, I think I think the issue comes in where movement like forward motion Mm. is such an evolutionary thing that it's just so innate to in whatever direction you're in to want to like move forward, which can mean people who just seek like pleasure in the now, like nowness is very, it just, in terms of evolution, it feels counterintuitive when really, if there's a time to be in the now, it's now. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah. Like yeah, now more no, than literally. ever. Like we're finally comfortable. But I just don't think that's how we're programmed. And I also don't think there's so much of a I really think we all are living we all have a different life story that we have to live out and have to fulfill and have to play our roles. Yeah. And as much as it's your role to go to Wall Street and grab people by their <laughs> scarves and literally scream at them, it's their role as well to like keep going to that stock exchange yeah. job they have and like do the thing. And Oh, okay. I so you're saying for, in order to maintain balance and equilibrium, and people have to have the dumb bitches, but also like, the people who drive themselves mad. Okay, I see what you mean. I don't know if I think any of it's dumb. I just think you can't hold people accountable for their range. I can't yeah, be held. Yeah. yeah, like Buddha cannot hold me accountable for mine. And I can't <laughs> hold Snoop Dogg accountable for his. Um, and the desire to... It's interesting. It's, 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 it blows my mind. But the desire to change people and to bring about change... Yeah. is necessary because if if everyone was like me we'd still be on that plantation right everyone everyone was like <laughs> laissez-faire 
just let people be. Let the slave master leave him. That's his range. Right? How much of him wouldn't have done anything? But it's like, I think there's so much balance in the tension. There's always like, this this tension is necessary and yeah. life is just no, for I agree living with you. yeah and i think yeah. life's for living in whatever direction you choose honestly whatever direction and the desire to dismantle capitalism is it a burden it just is it a burden aren't all desires burdens Ooh. you know what i mean even the desire to not dismantle capitalism is that not also a burden okay but i think my my question about you, that desire is yours involves other people. If my desire involved others, that would be overwhelming oh, because you can't you rely yeah. on these. So I see what you mean. Yes, it is. But I think all desires involve other people because mm. no one exists in a vacuum. Do you know what I mean? Speak. And yeah, it's, it's a burden okay. in the sense that like, it's a desire that I have that I know will never be realized because by the time people have opened have opened their eyes to what capitalism really is and not what the illusion or the promise of capitalism is the world will have it like the finator will have come and swallowed us up do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah but i still so i've decided for myself personally that i'm not motivated by moral or ethical absolutism uh-huh i'm motivated just because I'm Sisyphus rolling a rock up a hill. Mm-hmm. And if I'm just going to be rolling a rock up a hill, let me make it as meaningful to me as humanly possible. And mm-hmm. like, while I understand that all meaning is inherently absurd, because <laughs> there is no like inherent meaning or purpose to do anything, mm-hmm. you might as well just do what like, yeah, like what makes your life feel most like useful yeah do you know what i mean and like most pleasurable a hundred percent i think that's all any of us can do yeah so i'm not like i don't necessarily think i'm morally above anyone i just think my desires or like the ways choosing to be vegan or Mm -hmm. like choosing to only shop vintage like that's not coming from a place of moral absolutism it's coming from an understanding that like all actions are absurd because life is absurd Mm. so just lean into what makes life feel most meaningful do you know what i mean a hundred percent yeah so going then by what you said Mm. do you and if so why do you interrupt people's rise and grind like why why ruin that for people why not let people enjoy their slice of capitalism their slice of suffering their portion well i don't think i'm ruining it really i think life is more enjoyable once you see capitalism for what it is Mm. then you can yeah i I like that then you can participate with like you can you can yeah you can can do that consciously that's fun yeah i think I think the reason I find capitalism unethical is because it's a lie. Like the reason I find the American dream to be unethical is like, don't lie to people. You know what I mean? Like just tell people that you are a slave (laughs) and the reason you wake up every morning is just to perpetuate white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. Mm -hmm. 
and you will gain nothing from it at the end of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we all just be honest? Like, why scam people into thinking that their pursuit of capitalism, their pursuit to be a capitalist, is anything more than just what I've said it is? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why? Why convince someone in the hood that they can one day also be a billionaire when they clearly cannot? You know, like, hmm. why we... I'm just more interested in like, well, let me show you what's really happening here. And then you can choose for yourself. If yeah. you still want to live under the delusion. That's interesting. I think everything's yeah. worth the effort. So the person mm, in the hood, like the effort of something, the effort of trying to attain is, is the prize is worth it in itself. Um, mm. And I think we all have to be pointed in a direction because we have this innate desire to move. And so if the direction is seeing a Beyonce and believing you can have that too and do that too, if that gives rise to you acting, yeah, I think that's, that's more than enough. Like as long as you're moving, you experience. And I think life's just to experience. Yeah. What do you, what do you think that there is such a thing as a waste of life? Like, what would you consider to be a waste? You've wasted your time here on earth. Like you were here for 70 years yeah. and you wasted your time. Okay. Before I answer that, would you rather be mm. Hitler's dog or Mugabe's dog? Screaming. I'm being Hitler's dog. Really? My life I'd like to reincarnate as a white person's dog. Oh yeah, true, true. Yeah, like white people's dogs live much better lives than black people. So sign me up. Yeah. Like immediately. What would you rather be? <sighs> I think Mugabe's. I think I do like I'm screaming. Zimbabwe's is beautiful, first of all. So having access Have to the been? land. I've not. I think I no, I've I've been once, but I also just from pictures, it's just green as hell. Screen as shit. It's so nice. But what's a waste of life? That's fantastic. Because I do, I have met a lot of people who I feel are wasting their time. Mm. I think a waste. Why? Yeah, a waste of life is living a life in fear of doing what Mm. you want to. And that would look like literally from Nelson Mandela not knowing whether he should be about that life and set some bombs and run a political party to a dictator, not knowing whether they should step into what they believe is their final form and what they consider help people, which might mean devastating Mm. people. But I honestly think anything, no, 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 no. Well, look, fear. I actually can't decide what fear looks like for a dictator because you just never know. But I just think... Like, do you think Hitler wasted his life if he was acting out of fear yes and i think all hate is fear how could you literally the fact that you can consider someone else like subhuman or less than you is just inherently fearful so in that case i could assume he was acting Mm. out of fear and so i'd say yes but aren't they just two sides of one coin so like couldn't you argue that hitler loved the Aryan race so yeah, much yeah, yeah. that he felt he must protect them by any means necessary. I can see why he thought that, but mm. I really maintain 
I just, you know, when there's like an, there's, we all have an innate knowledge. Yeah. And love doesn't involve that kind of behavior. It doesn't. Love, love involves suffering, but not millions of people gas. Like it doesn't, they're levels. And that's not the kind. Love involves sacrifice. There is suffering, there's pain, um, there's rejection, but not at all what he did. Mm. And for me, that's like quite, and what's worrying about that to me is that's such an innate knowledge, but if it's so innate, then how does it happen? If everyone knows that that's not a loving thing to do, how did, however many hundreds of thousands, millions of Germans go along with it? How did he go along with it? Like if Mm. it's so obvious, well, it's clearly not because people are still behaving like that. So it's a very confusing one. Like if, Love and fear, yeah, are just so universally understood. They clearly aren't because we're still behaving in ridiculous yeah. ways all the time. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's a life? What is a life wasted? I know. I can't believe I've never thought about this before until now. I think to me, okay, this is going to be controversial. <laughs> I think it's going to be controversial because this is how 99% of people live. Oh my God, I'm fucking ready. I think to me, a life wasted is a life where you're attached to any identity. Like a life where you really think any allegiance to an identity or any Mm. allegiance to anything is Mm. a waste of time. Mm. Because I think for me, I don't think we're brought here for any inherent purpose it's like you said i really think the purpose of existence is just to experience the full spectrum of existing and i think you cannot experience the full spectrum of anything if you're attached to one side of it so like oh i love that i agree yeah like i would even say identity is fearful it's a kind of a fearful concept yeah i think yeah even the concept of identity is inherently fearful because why do you identify as any race or as any gender or as any like it's all of the it's like a refusal to understand that like all of your identities are actually just some concepts made up by some white men to assert dominance like even the idea of nationality is like you said it's inherently xenophobic Mm. It was just some lines drew up by some random white men to assert dominance. And you you are so you identify so deeply with this construct that what isn't even yours to begin with. How can you really experience yeah. what it's fully like to be a human when you're so attached to a fraction of that full experience? You're so, so attached yeah, to a yeah. fraction of the whole. A hundred percent. And I think every like literally ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people live this way because I don't think people either care to or have the emotional liquidity to question why they are the way they are. Like I think most people are born into Christianity and they never think like, oh my God, I'm actually only Christian because I was born in this arbitrary area of the globe. Mm. But if I was born 50 miles north, I would be Muslim. Like, mm. you know, like... Yeah, 100%. So arbitrary. So why attach yourself to anything? Like, why why identify with anything? Like, isn't it such a waste? How do you feel? I was trying to think, this is a strange comparison, but I'd mm. much rather people be 
committed capitalists than identify with their ident their physical identities in any shape or form. I think it's a much Ooh, more progressive thing. Because I can see how capitalism or just I don't think people think about capitalism on a daily basis. Just work. It's just work yeah. and and accumulating things. And so the ambition to believe you can be anything, it's quite a it's a fundamentally quite a touching quite a touching idea that you think you can mm. achieve things and do things and you believe in yourself as much as it might be delusional it's hopeful and oh, it keeps you from killing yourself <laughs> that is that um <laughs> yeah it's it's expansive but okay. investing in the fact that i'm black queer this height this this body weight this that stuff is pretty limiting especially depending yeah. on which body you exist in for me yeah. i was born yeah. on this side of the pond it's limiting if i was born as a, a six foot white red-blooded american man it might not be that might be yeah. actually worthwhile investing into that because i right. reap rewards it's actually yeah. a, a source of pleasure but um for some of us who are existing in darker skin suits it's really not so i think i think it's important I don't know. I really think people should lean into their, their privileges. So wherever our identities do shift, depending on which context, ge geographical context we are. And if you're in mm -hmm. one where you benefit from what you look like, I think you should lean into that. And if you're in one when you don't, then you have to start managing that more. It probably is easier to just not identify at all than having to be a chameleon everywhere you go. But mm -hmm. yeah, I do agree with you. It is really bizarre there's so much time wasted on my womanness, my blackness, my queerness. Those yeah. things waste so much of my time trying to decode them and understand them and understand them in relation to other people when I could be doing other things, even believing yeah. I could be the next Serena Williams or believing I could Literally. be the ne next Jeff Bezos. That yeah. has more positive movement in it for me than um, investing in no, my skin suit. I agree suit. fully. Yeah, I think, I agree. I think... Even before we started this recording, I was telling you, wow, like, I'm so glad I shaved off all my hair mm. because this practice, this pursuit of needing to love my hair was just a burden. Mm. Like, now I'm just a bald headed bitch and I just wear my wigs because that is easier for me. That is less time consuming. <laughs> Literally. It's easier for me. It brings more privileges. Literally. Like, like Why if wearing a honey blonde wig, it, yeah. if it brings you more privileges, enjoy yourself. Just lean into, enjoy it. Yeah. Like, why am I wasting so much of my time trying to love a construct of blackness so that was created by white men to assert their dominance on me? And now I oh must spend God. my entire life trying to love this thing that wasn't intended or created to be loved anyway. Oh my anyway. God. Oh my God. Like, okay, wait. Is it, just, is it a burden? It's so do you think it's a burden to have to love our like our skin, oh, our it's bodies? Such a burden. I think <laughs> is it unfair? Is such a burden. Like, <laughs> no, I said that was that was intentionally a hyper hyperbolic statement. I think the bo I think body positivity is it has good intentions. I see the vision. Like I see, I can, I can see the vision. Like I see you fam. Yeah. But it's also such a distraction and such a waste of time. Yeah. Like I think even the, the fact now, that's another reason why I'm really enjoying quarantine season. 
I just wake up and I spend five minutes in the morning on getting ready. Before, it was I must oil my scalp and then I must do my twist outs and then I must condition my hair and then I was ah, all that time when I could be doing what? I could be investing actually in things that actually matter. And I just think this practice of like learning to love your flesh prison, we're all just trapped inside these decaying flesh prisons that weren't created for aesthetic purposes. They were created to get you from point A to B and to keep you alive. So anything outside of that really is just arbitrary like do what you want with your flesh suit you want to tattoo it you want to have tattoos all over do that you want to wear a honey blonde wig because that makes your life easier bitch do that like why love this thing when loving it just creates more angst than than otherwise do you think though that that your stance is do you think you're able to feel that way because Mm. There's an inherent exhale and you have a romantic partner. Yeah. Do you think that informs the fact that you can put beauty aside now? Like, do you think on some level, like on some, you know, just like deep seated level, there's a comfort there that you're loved, you you are loved and it's okay. You can share, you can be, you can look like Samuel Jackson, right? (laughs) And I'm still here trying to get Rihanna snatched. Like, I, wa- I just wonder if I'd care if I had my bae. If I had Boo, I wonder if I'd want to enjoy the privileges of beauty. Because what are they? Once I have, I have an income stream. Or like, like so I, I don't have to worry about that. I've got a job. If you yeah. don't have a job, then you might have to be concerned about how you look to get one. Yeah. And then the next thing's a partner. And then everyone else loves you for you. So... I almost think like the pursuit of finding a partner is actually easier when you divest from beauty because even when you I think there's a lot of anxiety that comes with you put on your your performative skin suit to attract your bae Mm. and now you've attracted him you have to maintain that performative skin suit whereas you should have attracted him looking like Samuel L. Jackson and now do you know what I mean like yeah the, the, the first time having sex without a wig, I can't imagine what that's like. Oh, literally. Pain. But but I, I do think it is being with a guy who's mature enough to not care. Like, he's literally seen... No, I need to interview him. headed Yeah, yeah, like, but the... Di- truly... No, I need to interview him. If you... If how you look now in... You know what I wonder? Okay, not let's, let's yeah. actually make this not about you and your partner. But... Yeah. We're visual creatures. And yeah. if I see someone who looks like Steve Buscemi at a party, <laughs> there's just a chance I might not. There, there's just a chance he's not my quote unquote type. I might not engage. I might not. If I see someone like Michael yeah. B. Jordan, I might engage. Unfortunately, Steve might have, might be perfectly compatible with me, but I've missed that boat because visually <laughs> yeah. I wasn't cued to approach them. So I want to know. But don't from, you want the guy? Who wants you, <laughs> even when you look like Steve? Yes, but that comes up. But I can, you can have both. You can, you can start looking like Michael B. And then, <laughs> which is what I'm hearing, which is what, I mean. Yeah. I think this, I wonder, 
Look, I wish it, I, I I want it to be the way you've talked about it. But when I've looked at the people I find attractive and the people they're with, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's that's some that's some eyeliner. That's a lash. That's a wig. Yeah. So it looks like, and just going from who I am, I know what I gravitate towards. So why would I expect the people I gravitate towards to not expect the same? Is that making sense? That if I look... It, if, no, it makes sense. We're visual... I think we can't deny the visual attraction. And I think yeah. with women, we have so much more range to dress it up. Whereas men wake up like right. Steve, you go to bed like Steve, you go to the party like Steve. Beyonce yeah. has very different faces you can put <laughs> I love on how we really use Steve. Went into Steve. And I love Steve. Steve's got flavor. He's got character. We love you. I'm just saying. Yeah. That I think... No, I... Yeah. Yeah, I can see how it's a burden, but I also think perhaps it's also just a tool. And like... No, absolutely. I think it's a tool for capitalism, but I actually really have even divested from the idea that beauty is a tool, even in the mating world, like Mm -hmm. in the romantic game. Mm -hmm. Because I think everyone is ugly to someone and everyone is... Yeah. I know to an extent we're all conditioned to gravitate towards like Eurocentric standards of beauty. But at the same time, everyone is ugly to someone. Mm-hmm. Like there's someone out there who thinks Beyonce is ugly. Yeah. There's someone, you know what I mean? So ultimately at the end of the day, if you don't want your attraction to be rooted, if you don't want your relationship to be rooted in aesthetics, then you might as well just look the way you want to look, whether that is being all glamorous and dolled up or that mm. is looking like Shrek. Mm. You might as well just look the way you want to look and attract whoever you attract. And Ocha. looking like Shrek will attract less people, but the people that it does attract will be... You'll, you'll have less trash to sift through because you already know that the people that it does attract want you... For you in your full Shrek skin suit. You know what I mean? Isn't that so much less of a burden? Like, I actually, I just. Yes, I have less options, but the options that I do have are just more quality than the options I would have if I had to perform looking like Rihanna every day. See, but you don't. So you start looking like Rihanna, but then two weeks in, not even two weeks in, the first night, the lashes come off. So. I just, that's, I I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But I don't think that's a practical way. It depends what you're fishing for. If you're fishing for a Steve or a Michael, you have to do different things, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. There you have it. If you're looking for a Steve with a heart of gold, you can wait. You can go. (laughs) You can go to the thing looking like whatever you look like. If you're looking for Michael... Michael also has his pool. So I think you have to, there's a practicality in dating where you have to think, if I want to, if I want to be with an accountant, where do accountants hang out? Probably not at, on the corner of the street, probably at these <laughs> yeah. kinds of places. So there is a level of yes. performance and practicality involved. Absolutely. And I don't think that's a problem to Peacock. It's, it's a burden, but if it gets you the results, then that's the price. Yeah. And that's why I think for capitalism, I think performativity is necessary because if you want to be a model, then bitch, you need to go get your plastic. You need to do what you got to do. You know true. I mean? Put in the work. Yeah, you need to put in the work. And likewise, <laughs> if you're doing hypergamy, yeah, 
you also you have to do what you gotta do and also know that you have to maintain That's that true. like you can't okay yeah you can't look like <laughs> i see what you mean i see what you mean okay yeah you can't look like flavor flav the next day like i guess yeah dating is really just knowing your audience and doing what you gotta do like, oh just know your audience okay and go. yeah that's comforting you yeah. have to be honest with yourself <laughs> yeah like i'm sweating oh i think you should st- people should still date or in relationships like you should still yeah no i believe in that hmm. i fully believe i think yeah you should still flirt you should still like it should never end you know yeah what I mean? it should never end it's fun but that's another conversation it is for another day wait so to wrap up do your friends need to be ambitious what do you expect from friendships the only thing i expect is i expect that i should be able to show up as myself but i think that's Mm. not an expect that's more of a um a standard standard, than expectation i think I think whatever you hold central to what you value in humans or what you value in life, Mm. it'd be dope if your friends could reflect that to some extent. So for me, I really value of late, I'm valuing curiosity and thoughtfulness and compassion. And I think all my friends emulate that Mm. in terms of, and I, career is not like central money's not central. I figured out how to make money I don't really need my friends to emulate that or 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 guide me or um be yeah role models in that regard um yeah so I think all my friends have a, a compassion and a kindness and a thoughtfulness that's fun and I just want companionship for the time being I think I do I've I don't have any friends who I like I don't have that ditty circle where I'm I look up to anyone in any regard and I wonder if that's mm. I wonder if I'd like to experience that I don't know if that's something I just wonder if even our generation can afford that like I don't know older generations there was so much more space mm. class space um to close those gaps so you could be like a butcher and look up to your friend who's a, the owner of the butcher store but yeah. our generation we just aren't going to have that upward mobility career-wise. And we also don't have the interest. It's like, it's just very different. We're really, um, what's the word called? We, we are, we've seen the smoke and mirrors. So a lot of people aren't prioritized. A lot of the people I know don't prioritize career. They prioritize a comfort that allows them to spend more time with their friends. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just don't even think I could have that kind of, I could center that even if I wanted to. Because none of my friends have a, were ambition for work. That's like, if anything, it's considered a weird thing to want to be ambitious about work. Yeah. Like, why would you want to be ambitious about labor and toiling? Um, yeah, it's a very millennial slash Gen Z. Yeah, it's interesting, like, isn't it? Of thinking, yeah. So, I think as long as you, as long as I can show up, and I don't want to feel weird in my friendships. Any questions I ask have to be so normal that I want to know if you used to bite your toenails off when you were 11 as a kid, like with your mouth, that stuff, that stuff just needs to be every day. I just don't like feeling like I'm the weirdest or most thoughtful in the room. And I don't feel like that with any of my friends. So I'm I'm quite lucky in that regard. Yeah. And when I do, I know it's time to go. I'm like, okay, 
do you cut it off? Like, do you tell the person, hey, I think we've grown apart? No, just in my head, I know I'm never seeing them again kind of thing. Like, I'll never hang mm. out. That's it. Um, if I ask something and the, the, the answer is, why would you ask that? Like, that's so weird. Then I know, oh, okay, we're just different. We're just different. Yeah. And I have no time to be explaining why things interest me. It should be equally curious. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, if I said to you, Bobo, hey, I'm thinking of divesting from my blackness, you'd have so many questions about that and not about the why would I even have that as a thought. Yeah. That's not yeah, interesting yeah. to start explaining to people why you think the way you think. And for yeah. them equally, it's unfair. It's boring. So I think that's... um. Are you open to making more friends? Like, do you want to make more friends? Wow, what a good question. I think no, hey? Like, I think... No. <laughs> I'm open... You know what? I think I don't expect to. But if it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that it's so rare to find humans that are compelling and... Yeah, to find humans that are compelling and as curious as I want them to be, but also, like, compassionate. I think something that I've struggled with, I think you're literally the only person I know who has this balance. Like, I don't even have this balance. But it's something that I really value. I think you can either be... There are people that are really, really hyper aware of the effects that they have on the world Mm. and they really like try to minimize damage on an intrapersonal level and like a communal level and then there are people who are just completely oblivious (laughs) to the effects to the ways that they affect people around them the world around them yeah and i'm i've noticed that recently finding that balance is like the most important thing. Like being able to be aware of the ways that you affect the people. Like when you walk into a room, to be aware that like, oh, I shouldn't make this comment because it makes people uncomfortable. Or like, oh, people seem kind of down right now. Or like, oh, let me read the room. Maybe I shouldn't talk about suicide. You know what I mean? Like to have that awareness, to like be able to read a room and be able to like, yeah like navigate that without having to compromise yourself I think that is a balance that I find really valuable I think I'm on the far end of the extreme where I'm like hyper aware of the ways that I affect people in a room and I like work overtime to make sure everyone is managing all that yeah but then I've noticed that I have friends who just are so oblivious Mm. and it really irks me i'm like why would you say that to someone in it like oh that's so interesting what if somebody's aware but does it anyway like the other day Mm. i met somebody and in the first 10 minutes i wanted to ask them like what would you think about marrying me and i understood (laughs) i understood all the reasons why that was inappropriate and i'm saying why is that inappropriate it's unapp- inappropriate because no 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 no. See, this is a- I also need friends that uh, make sense. But you're not gonna affirm my my crazy. You're not gonna affirm my crazy. Because if Nyak was here, she would tell me it doesn't make sense. So I'm not doing this with you. It doesn't I'm make dead. sense because it's first ten minutes. Like it wasn't even. We're talking about all sorts of things. Not even about that. It's ten damn minutes. But, but are you I- asking like 
conceptual. <laughs> like, I feel like if someone asked me, would you consider marrying me? I'd really like consider that question. Yeah, me and you would consider that question, Bobo, but not every, like, okay, let me try it. How about okay, this? I see, yeah. Okay. Let me try it and I'll get back to everyone about how that goes. Because yeah. my question is, I want to be aware, but do things anyway, because I don't want to betray myself and not ask in order to keep you comfortable. I actually want to know. That's the balance. Yeah, that's the balance I'm talking about, though. Is that, like, it really doesn't inflict harm on anyone to ask that. True, it's like you're okay. not asking them to marry you. You're asking them to consider the question. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> to consider it. Yeah, like... I can't tell if you're like a really good friend or a really bad one. Like, I just... I, I, I just can't tell if I'm... Spa- are you the joker? No, like I literally, I just can't, I can't tell if I, I really perpetuate people's bad sides or their good. Like, yeah, I like know. I feel like you tease out all the mad, the mad like tweaks yeah. in people, all the quirks. Like I really encourage people to be as mad. As you literally do. Mad self. You know, I have like, to recalibrate after this. Yeah, like it's like I'm like creating terrorists. No, okay, next time we have to bring like, a balancing element into this chat because i just don't even know now if we're so far on one side yeah but that that is exactly the balance i'm talking about of like are you able to be your full self while being aware of the ways that your full self affects people being considerate of Mm. it not affecting people negatively but also not compromising on yourself like that's such a delicate balance that i think being on either extreme of is so unhealthy but Mm. i'm really fast i think you're the most balanced person i know in that respect like i think you're so yourself but you're also really considerate and i don't think i know that many people that are like that okay i don't experience myself like that i guess i've never thought of it but really how do you experience yourself well look i think i started off from the feedback i've received from everybody I started mm. off as very abrasive as a young person um just really on so you know the way I asked the question I asked yesterday in the zoom chat yeah that's how I was all the time where I'd ask a question that was well-meaning and genuine but time and place and the way I asked would be offensive um okay. and so now I'm understanding it's not what you ask it's how it's not what you say but how so I've understood yeah. that stuff more and that for me to get the most out of people it matters that I it matters how I approach them. I can't just mm. put it out on the table. That's not how it works. So I think I've practiced a lot at being sensitive and I am quite sensitive myself. Um, so I think I have just a bit more foresight. I think two steps ahead a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but it helps because I, rather than seeing that as restraint, seeing it as compassion makes it easier. But I, I, I'd like to be much more for. I, th- I believe it or not, I'd like to be more forward. I think I am I'm too screaming. restrained. Yeah, I'd like really? to just say what wow. I with romance specifically. I really would like to walk up to people and be like, "I really think you should split a mortgage with me." Like, what do you think? I know <laughs> I've just seen you. Like, we've never said hi. I just want the crazy. I wanted to come out. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And it's so yeah, unfair. No, why I should I? Too. Why should I bottle this up for who? This is not fair. Listen. No, I agree. Do you agree with me? Yeah, like, I think you should be a full crazy, like, you should just, yeah, like, go up to people and be like, I want to suck your toes. Yeah. You're incredible. Because someone will be into it, and then we'll be like the Joker and Harley Quinn, and then what? Yeah. That's my, that's my portion. Hmm, Thank you. Thanks, Bobo. Yeah, so, 
That's a yeah, I think I am team no new friend. I just I just think I'm good with the amount of friendships I have, which is very little. But I'm open if the, I just don't think there's that many more interesting people, honestly. <laughs> this, this but if bitch. they're there, like I'm down, like <laughs> yeah, bitch, yeah. yeah. Are you open to I new friends? That. I don't think you need. Look, I don't think you need. What I get from friendship, you don't need friends to get that. So if it's just companionship, um, mm. just pleasant interactions and just nice, intimate or engaged moments, you can get that just from yeah. people who you don't even exchange numbers with at a party. So I think I want yeah. more exposure to interesting people, but I don't need those people to become friends. And I think as adults, we have more friendships that we don't call friendships. They just, you know, they're people who pass through your life and, yeah. It doesn't have to be labeled anything. It can just be a pleasant thing you have. Yeah. Um, right. Which yeah. I think my culture, like Ugandan people are really good at doing. Um, yeah. You don't have to label things. It just is a, a pleasant human interaction. Yeah. Cause what would you call, so like what happens to the car guard? Your parents know they always step and they chat with, and then they get to know a bit about their family. Maybe yeah. once in their whole lifetime, they might visit his house or he visit your. Like, that's not, is that a friend or is that just you're human? So why not like yeah. humor each other and be, be pleasant, pleasant and have a good time? Yeah. yeah. So it's a very African or maybe I don't know African or Ugandan thing. Yeah, no, it is a very African way of yeah. Just yeah, like come over, eat, go home. Like it doesn't have to be anything more. I don't need your number. Yeah, yeah. just come and eat. Like it's kind of chill. Yeah, it's interesting. That's so real. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I Alrighty. Agree. Well, let's wrap it up. I know. Bravo. Wow, how long have you been here? <laughs> you a told whole me. Hour, 25 minutes. I love it. Thank you so, so much. This was lovely. Thank you. This was so fun. I'm going to force myself time. on more episodes, hey? No, you must. Please do. Please, please do. Um, everybody... Please, so I'm going to link Bobo's podcast in our description box. If you liked this episode, which I know you did, it was a really great one, please tip us. Uh, it is hey, H-E-Y-I-S-W-I-S at gmail.com. That is our PayPal link. Send us money. We will use that money for people who are in need of financial relief because of COVID-19. If you're somebody who needs financial relief, email us at the same email address, just stating your name, what's happening. And let's see what we can do for you. Also, leave us a review of the podcast if you like it. At best, apparently, it helps us create more. But look, at worst, it strokes our egos. So do it. I love it. Let us know you like what we create. Follow us on Facebook. And stay moist and moisturized. And have a great week. 